0: From the Bob Varley studio, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged. Hello everyone and welcome to the Diz Unplugged email edition for October 2nd, 2008. I'm John Magi, I'll be your host this week. I am joined by our Orlando team, Kevin Close, Corey Martin, Julie Martin kathy whirling and will perry and this week we've got a bunch of emails to read for you and a couple of voicemails to play so we're going to jump right into it with our first email and this is from jimmy in texas
1: hello podcast team this is jimmy from new texas jimmy J on the boards my wife and i are planning to take our granddaughter on her first trip to disney world in july of 09 As we've done on our last two trips, we are looking to rent points from a DVC owner. We've rented at Beach Club Villas and Saratoga Springs previously. At the top of my list for next year's trip is Old Key West. Most reviews I read are gushing about the beauty and relaxing atmosphere found there. I'm also intrigued by the fact that the studios at Old Key West have two real beds as opposed to a bed and a pull-out sofa bed found in most DVC studio rooms. Our daughter will be joining us as well and I know that she and our granddaughter would be much more comfortable in a real bed. What concerns me is the bus situation at Old Key West. Many people say you must have a car when staying there. The unofficial guide says the bus service there is substandard. We do prefer to use Disney transportation exclusively. What can you tell me about the Disney transportation system from Old Key West? I know there's also boat service to downtown Disney. Should I look elsewhere if we don't plan on having a car, or is this much ado about nothing? Thanks for your help. I love the podcast. We miss you, Bob.
0: Well, Jimmy, um, I happen to love Old Key West. I think that's my favorite resort out of all of them. A little biased because that's where I own uh, my DVC points. But I think it's one of the most beautiful properties, um, lush and well done, and the I love the colors of the, of the units. Um, I've never had a problem with the internal bus system. Um, you know, you've got a large resort with a lar- lot of area, so they have to stop at each of the bus stops along the route. So, I mean, that's always going to make it a little bit slower for getting around. But you know, in my opinion, I don't think it's that much worse than any other resort out there. Yeah. Um, and I love the bu- the water taxis over to uh, downtown Disney are very cool. It's one of the best rides in the in the on property. So. I say go. Have a good time. Enjoy it.
2: I agree. Don't let don't let that make a make or break your your deal with staying there.
0: Right now, if you're really a stickler for your time, and then if you feel like you don't want to waste any time whatsoever on your vacation, absolutely rent a car. We've said this over and over again. No matter where you're staying, you know you're going to get around a lot easier if you do rent a car on Disney property. And, and have that at your disposal. And with Oak Key West, you know, it's a lot easier to have a car because you're parked right outside your unit pretty much. So you don't have to go out to a parking lot or wait for the valet to get it or anything like that. So it's easy to have a car at that property. But don't let that bother you. Go have a good time. Who has an email I'd like to read? I do. You go, Miss
3: Julie. It's from David Knight in Kingwood, Texas. He starts out, nine days without power in the Houston area due to Hurricane Ike. Fortunately, I planned ahead and downloaded the last nine podcasts and email shows. You guys saved my sanity. Thank you for the wonderful work that you do producing the shows. Putting on my headphones and listening to your info and friendly banter made sawing trees and removing debris much easier. And then suffering through a bad case of poison oak all over me from the debris. And no AC at night. I just slipped away to a magical place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I thought that was nice, oh, and cool. you're very welcome. <laughs> I'm glad we could save your sanity.
0: I give you a lot of credit for thinking that far in advance.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we barely <laughs>
0: had water the last hurricane.
4: <laughs> <laughs> his email made me itch. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I thought the same thing. I'm like, how horrible. You know, it's hot in his house. He's scratching and itchy, and oh, I just can't even imagine. So I'm glad we can bring him a little relief.
5: What is
4: that? I just realized it's me. Sorry.
3: Oh, it's his glasses glass glass. touching the microphone?
4: <laughs> Sorry, I just realized I couldn't figure out what sound I was making. Are you talking out of your eye? I am. Because you usually talk out of your any of it. It's going to be a long ride home. <laughs> well, I, I have, really have one. one. Okay. Great. Stop that. It's <laughs> <laughs> my glasses rubbing against my microphone. But it sounds like
3: you're gassy. I, I'm, well, I,
4: I'm that too, but I'm not doing that here. <laughs> um, Actually, I have, the first one I have is from Michael Goza. Michael says, I have just recently become a podcast listener uh, the be- beginning this summer. I'm goozy on the boards. I have become addicted to the podcasts and have been spending lunch hours at work listening to your archived shows. They are a lot of fun to listen to and very informative. I just wish I had been listening to them before my family made our trip to Disney World this past summer. Kevin, I'm sorry, but I haven't heard a single dining room view I can agree with. Have you reviewed Wolfgang Puck Cafe in downtown Disney? We had the best meal of our vacation there. The reason for my email is a simple request. Could you folks post a picture of yourselves uh, in your studio so that I can put a face to your names? I found Corey, I think, in the posted pictures on the driving experience, but the rest of the team remains a mystery. Perhaps you prefer it that way. But if you don't mind, a group photo would be great. I thought I would take this on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You go right ahead.
4: (laughs) No. No. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, you insulted Kevin's restaurant reviews and then you want stuff from us. Yeah, sorry, Michael. The answer to the question about us posting for a group photo is no. We have. Hopefully, this will. I think we should just post this at the top of the Disboards Unplugged page. The reason some of us don't want our pictures posted all over the Internet is what my, I'm going to talk about me is because I do restaurant reviews and I don't want to walk in and have them spit in my food before I ever get it or pretty much know who I am. I don't want to change the way things are done. I don't want a special treatment. I certainly don't want worse treatment. And I'm pretty sure that if I went back to Wolfgang Puck Cafe, as yes, I have already reviewed it, that if they knew who I was, they wouldn't be happy to see me. So the answer to your question is no. We're not putting our pictures up on the Internet. If you look around, you might be able to find some of us. John is the most elusive one. He is hes like one of those really hard beanie babies that you had to find at one time. <laughs> if you found a picture in the uh, Richard Petty driving experience, that's actually Will.
0: Yeah.
2: That wouldn't be Corey.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: you but- can Google my name. You'll find me and Julie. <laughs>
4: So, yeah, if you look around, you might find pictures of us. As for you agreeing with my restaurant reviews, you know what? I'm okay with that. They are opinions. You're allowed to have yours. I'm allowed to have mine. It's the done for information and entertainment. And the fact that you're going and having a good time and enjoying what you're having, I think that's wonderful. So, please, don't worry about disagreeing with me. I'm okay with it. And stop looking for my picture. You won't find it either. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michael. I actually want to go again. (laughs) Is this someone else who doesn't like your reviews? No. This is from Tom Whitley. Kevin, I love your dining reviews. All right. (laughs) That being said, I think it would be helpful for some of the families on your boards if you did a gluten-free review of the restaurant in Disney. A more interesting approach would be if you could take a person who cannot have gluten with you. We We have the opinion of how the food tastes to people who eat this way, and from you who would represent someone who knew someone new to eating like this or is supporting someone who eats this way thanks to everyone on the show for all they do for us ps hey well how is the richard petty tire table d- d- going all right tom i apologize i have somebody or who has dietary restrictions gluten free being not being one of the dietary restrictions. And I take her with us most of the time. I have been asked to take someone who can't eat gluten, someone who has celiac disease. I've been asked to take a vegan. I've been asked to take someone who's just vegetarian. And I've been asked to take someone who only eats raw foods. John's already annoyed that he has to pay for dinner for two of us. Bringing along someone who has every dietary restriction to make this an all-encompassing review would be extremely difficult, and I apologize. I can't do it. I have recently been asked by another guest if I would include a comment on wine. I am going to try and include the fact as to whether I see wine pairings offered or if there I see a wine list. However, I don't drink, so my opinion on wine would kind of be pointless. So I appreciate your uh, idea. However, I can't take someone who has every dietary restriction with me on every meal. That's something you're going to have to kind of work out on your own.
2: How about one person with all of those dietary restrictions? That would be interesting. The boy in the
6: plastic bubble.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Someone who can't eat gluten or meat. Yeah, that would be great. Or vegetables or anything cooked, or anything cooked. And the person who wanted to know if there were any raw food restaurants on Disney property. That one's really tough. All raw? Just
5: ask. Yeah. Hey, doesn't
3: raw mean to like even vegetables, fruits, yes. anything? It's yes, not nothing. cooked? nothing. There's nothing there's no heat
4: it. applied to it. And other than nuts and berries and I mean rice sushi's no good, rice has been cooked. I like the way he
0: puts it. Bring someone who has a gluten restriction almost like it's like Russian roulette. <laughs> See if I
4: can actually do it. See if I can make them swell. <laughs> <laughs> See if chef cheats a little bit. Maybe it would be
3: a good idea if there are listeners out there who have these dietary restrictions to do their own little mini review there about you go. how. She's going to
4: gonna be such a good mother. She, she really is. Yes. She's going to be the cupcake maker. Hey, look, in the I have to room. worry
3: about things like peanut allergies. I'm already worried enough about that in case he has it. Oh, I can't even imagine.
5: So, Will, how is
4: that tire table going?
5: Yeah. The tire table is on the back burner. <laughs> <laughs> that's Way we, in the back. That's where we
4: all thought it should have been right from the beginning. <laughs> um,
5: one day it will. It will yeah. be finished. Yeah.
4: So thanks, Tom. Can I go again? No, you can't go again. Okay. All You're right, email log. Everything really. <laughs> Corey, do you have one for us?
2: I do. Uh, Liz from Maryland. She um, she loves the show and she she thanks me for the providing some thoughtful firework uh, photography tips and she wants to say um. I wanted to suggest that you also point listeners all the way down the Disboard's forums list to the photography forum. One of the sticky threads is equipment, recommendations, photo techniques, and inside there are some wonderful tips on taking great fireworks photos. I will warn you and the other listeners that this forum can be expensive. I bought a new camera and two lenses since I started reading the threads there. (laughs) But even if you have a simple point and shoot, everyone is still very friendly and willing to provide helpful tips. So... Even if you have a point-and-shoot? A point-and-shoot. You know, a lot of these people go in with their massive cameras, with the massive lenses. But even if you just have a simple pocket camera, they're still very willing to help you take great photos. And, you know, the majority of the people do have point-and-shoot cameras, just these small pocket-sized cameras. General tips and techniques, you know, probably
5: shared there. Yeah.
0: Some of these point-and-shoot cameras are really high-tech.
2: And they're really expensive, too. Yep.
0: So you can get some great shots out of them. There's always good information on our boards about anything. You ask any question, someone's willing to help you yeah. on pretty much any subject.
2: But, yeah, we do have a photography forum just dedicated to this, and I'm sure they have plenty of firework-taking tips. I'm just an amateur when it comes to this stuff, but I do it more for fun. So
0: Very cool. All right, let's listen to our next voicemail. It comes to us from Lisa from North Dakota
7: podcast team. This is Lisa, also known as ND Mommy on the Disboards. I am from North Dakota, where it's currently a cool and beautiful fall day with a temperature of 64. I'm going to meet Orlando soon with my family for a grand gathering. We will be there from October 22nd to the 29th, and there will be a total of 10 of us all together, including six adults and four children. The reason for us going to the world is to celebrate my in-laws' 40th wedding anniversary. So our group will consist of my in-laws, my sister-in-law, and her family, and my family. Now, since my family has been to the world twice in the last couple of years, and because I enjoy doing it, I'm in charge of planning the trip. I'm trying to make the trip as special and as magical for everyone as possible, as this trip will be my in-laws' second and last trip to Disney World, and my sister-in-law has said it will most likely be their only trip. So thanks to all of you and all I've learned from the Disboards, I have our Polynesian resort reservations and room requests made Grand Gathering crews booked, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party tickets in hand, ADRs arranged, including a special anniversary dinner, with a cake that I will be ordering soon, Bibby Bobby boutique appointments are made, Photopath CD pre-ordered, day-to-day and park itineraries done, and T-shirts made using designs from the board, and also a gift basket is ordered to be delivered to their room. So now I'm set, but there's one thing that worries me, and that is that my mother-in-law has fibromyalgia. And as of late, her legs have been really aching and bothering her a lot. She plans on seeing her doctor soon to get a shot that will hopefully help with some of the pain. And I've talked to her about renting a ECV or a wheelchair, either in the parks or through a company like Walker Mobility, as I think will the, this will make the trip so much more enjoyable, not only for her, but for the rest of our party. Now this part is where I need your help. I was also thinking it would be nice to have a list of spots in the parks that she could go and sit for a while if she feels like she needs a rest but doesn't want to go back to the resort yet. So can you give me some ideas of good resting spots in each of the four parks? Maybe some that are quiet and out of the way, and maybe some that are good people-watching spots or spots to watch shows. Thank you so much for your help. I can't even begin to tell you how much I enjoy your podcast. Not only do you supply me with a wealth of information about all things Disney, but you also provide so many smiles and laughs each week. Thank you and keep doing what you do.
0: Well, thank you, Lisa, for the uh, question and for your background information. Um, first and foremost, my suggestion is make sure you know where the first aid stations are in the park. Not specifically because you might feel ill, but just because they're great places to go and relax. And also the air conditioning is going in there, and they're nice and cool.
4: So it give her a chance to sort of get out of the hubbub of everything that's going on. They also have nice places in there, quiet places, that if someone needed to rest, if you needed to lay down for a half hour and put your feet up, there are places in there, and their beds, small, I think grade school nurses in a nicer way. But it's a great place to go in and sort of chill out for a little while. As far as watching people, I mean, if she's not going to go on the rides, there's
0: always places she can just sit and watch people in the park while you guys go on a ride. You know, uh, designate her a stuff holder. Make her be the person who holds the stuff when you guys go on rides and attractions she's not interested in. The parks are beautiful. The parks have always got great places where you can sit and and take a few minutes to relax. Anybody have any place specific they can think of to tell her?
2: I know my parents love sitting around on Main Street. You know, they, they love watching people walk in and out. Also, my sister works right there, but they love watching the people watch. They'll sit there all day. <laughs>
4: A quiet spot is behind the Christmas tree shop um, in Liberty Square.
3: Mm-hmm. Except smokers are back there too.
2: Yeah,
6: or the gardeners. What is that in the UK? Where the
3: Beatles? The yes.
2: garden. Yeah, that's yeah. a nice place. That is nice. There's shady. the Rose
4: Garden in the Magic Kingdom. Down in by the mm-hmm. Rose Garden, there's that what the uh, that little metal gazebo. The walkway from Toontown to. Space Mountain is nice.
7: Mm.
0: I think she's probably going to be more interested in watching you guys having a good time. So don't put her sort of out of the way and make her sit, you know, here an hour until we get back. I think you know, take her right up to the ride, let her sit outside, wait for you to come off the ride, and see, share the experience of going
4: on the ride with her as soon as you come off. I think she'll appreciate that. I think convincing her to have an ECV is paramount to her having a good time, especially with.
0: Uh, Fibromyalgia, I think that's going to be a big deal for her and try to get her past the uh, stigma of, you know, not feeling comfortable with it or feeling like she's being a burden on anybody. You know, make sure she understands that that's what they're there for so that she has a good time in the parks as well. Great. Thanks, Lisa, for that. And who has another email they want to read?
5: I have one. This one comes to us from Laura from right here in Florida, Tallahassee, Florida. She says, Uh, Fort Wilderness guests out there who routinely visit the campground. Uh, They've grown used to going down by the uh, beach to watch the Magic Kingdom fireworks. With the new construction of the BLT, um, do you think this will block their firework view?
6: I was at the Wilderness Lodge just, what, a month ago or so, and you still could see the fireworks from Magic Kingdom, even with the tower in the way. Maybe it was where I was sitting on the beach, but I could still see them, so go ahead and try for it
0: and a month ago that wasn't it was pretty much done yeah. it was as high as it was going right. to be so it wasn't like it
5: could be a big change since then cranes in the way right
6: you could see the. you could see the crane but it like didn't interfere you could still see the fireworks yeah. you're probably
0: far enough away where it's a low point they can still see over right. and those fireworks go high in the sky too so it's not like it's right there on the ground. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about
2: that. Just go to the far end of the parking lot. Yeah, really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have an email from Jay in Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, guys. I'm scheduled, along with my husband, two girls, age 9 and 6, for the three-night DCL sailing departing on October 9th. I've recently had an injury that is requiring me to use either crutches or a rollabout for mobility. I don't need true handicapped accessibility, but we'll need to be able to roll most places. Will this be a problem? What places will I be able to roll about, and what places will I need my crutches? I plan my own little mini tribute to Bob,
4: considering I'll have the boot, an ECV, and, of course, a dull Whip. Mm
6: -hmm.
4: Thanks for all you do, Jay. We were just on this past cruise, and it's funny you should ask this question at this time. My mom, who is wheelchair-bound, notices when other people are using equipment, and there was a young girl on the ship who used a walker on wheels. I imagine that's what you're calling a rollabout. She used it in a different way. Most people put it in front of them and lean on it. Hers, she put around the back of her, and she kind of rested her arms on it. I'm guessing that she might have had multiple sclerosis. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to her, so please, I'm not, I'm not judging her. I'm just telling you why I think she was using it. She went everywhere on that ship. When she got to the theater, they told her she had to sit in the back where the handicapped accessible seats were. She told them she wasn't doing that. She put somebody else took the rollabout for her and she used the stair railing as her guidance and she walked down to where she wanted to sit and they put that thing that rollabout thing next to her. her. When it was time exactly. When it was time to get done, she got got up, they helped her get over to that railing and she went back up that railing using the railing as her help. They put that thing back around her and she took off. I did not see anything that stopped her. There was not a blockade. So I'm thinking that you'll be able to use all over the ship. If it's not, you have to say to yourself what is it that I want to do and do it then because everybody will be very helpful. But it's very timely that you just asked this. This young lady fascinated my mother. My mother just was so in awe of her stamina and her stick-to-itiveness and doing what she wanted to do while she was on vacation. That's great. So We had
0: a lot of people with disabilities on this cruise. We saw a lot of people in wheelchairs and ECVs and crutches so You know, Disney Cruise is very, very accessible. The one part where I bet you she's going to have the most trouble is in her stateroom taking a shower. The tubs are like two feet high Mm -hmm. or a foot and a half high. I think I'm exaggerating. It's about a foot and a half high. So that's where she's going to have the most trouble is getting her legs over into the tub.
4: If you don't have a handicapped accessible stateroom, keep in mind that you can throw all the stuff you need for a shower and go upstairs and use the showers in the gym. Exactly and they are handicapped accessible exactly. showers so if you feel the need to get that you do feel you need some extra room in the shower or that the bathroom's not working for you don't hesitate to use the the showers in the gym and the spa area you're gonna come across a little lip going out to a balcony
0: um, little lips going into and out of state rooms but nothing you couldn't navigate easily with the crutches yeah or yeah. pick the the yeah. stroller up and a little oh,
4: collagen bro. injection will help that. <laughs> and who has an email I'd like to read?
3: Kathy does. Kathy does. <laughs> 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 okay.
6: I have one from a gentleman by the name of Tim Hughes. It says, just listen to the nine two two thousand eight 2008 roundtable and notice the woman who reviewed the hotel with the 11-minute room service sounds just like Roseanne Barr. Take a listen and compare. It's a trip. Well, Tim. You guessed my secret. I'm really Roseanne Barr. No, no, really, I'm not. But I can't tell you for how many years people said that to me, and I thought I had left that behind. Yes, (laughs) I mirrored Roseanne through the years. My late husband and I had three children. They were like Becky, Darlene, and DJ. Um, My hair followed the way Roseanne had her hair. My weight went up and down just like she did. But I thought I've worked on my voice since then, but I guess I'll have to try a little harder.
4: <laughs> she also had an affair with Tom Arnold.
6: <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get to do that kind of stuff.
4: <laughs> have you seen Roseanne lately?
6: She yes. is crazy. Yes.
4: She has
0: just gone off the deep end and she just she doesn't care.
6: Well on her show it was funny because people would always when she'd be on people would call me up and go, That's just like your family. And I started to get a complex, and my oldest daughter definitely had a complex about it because she didn't want to be like them.
3: <laughs> I have to say, when I read that, I thought, huh. I thought about it a little more, and I'm like, they're right. She does, but I never would have yeah, thought I that on my, my own. Yeah, I never thought
6: that either. That's funny. I guess voice lessons are in my future. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or you can make a lot of money impersonating. Oh, well, that's true, too. There you go. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you for that, Kathy. Um, we're going to play another voicemail. This one comes from Jack, who's nine years old.
3: Hi, podcast crew. My name is Jack, and I'm nine years old, and my mom is Jack's mom, 99 on the boards. Uh, I'd just like to ask you, what software do you use for when you record a, a podcast? My mom has a PC, but I was kind of hoping for software for a Mac, besides using GarageBand. I have my own podcast, what's up on Jackie dot com, and any help would be great. I sure you know what your software name is. The one thing I don't have though is Mac Server. Thanks and bye. He's so cute. He really
6: but I have cute. to say, I, I think that's going to be our side. Yeah, right?
3: I'm not going to know, and he's going to know way more than I have ever known in my entire life. As he's like three.
4: It's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well who knows what the name of our software is i don't
5: um well jack to answer that we use we actually use both pc and mac to produce the show we uh we're recording on a pc right now using uh, adobe audition you can't go out and buy adobe audition anymore they've replaced this with sound booth um so that's uh, a program you could use to do it but we record in audition and then um I actually edit the show in Soundbooth, um, which is Adobe's new software program. I don't think you would have any problems in GarageBand, from what I've heard. It's pretty compatible, for, uh, especially for a podcast, uh, multi-inputs and whatnot. But um, you know, you can check out Soundbooth and uh, Adobe Audition. Another cool little software um, tool for you is called a Levelator. Yeah, that and works great. This is a free uh, tool that you can... Used to uh, It basically will balance out all your levels from your highs to your lows so you've got a nice consistent sound through uh, the show, and it's a free little um, piece of software that you can use. So use that. That's a that's a really cool tool. Um, anything else? I, mean, I think that would pretty much yeah, use yeah. those. Those those are powerful applications, and that level there is a cool little free tool. So now, check do, that out.
0: do we use these particular pieces of software because they allow for multiple inputs and things like that, or does it? You know, does he really need something of this power?
5: I don't, I, that's why I said I think GarageBand is going to be, and I, uh, GarageBand will allow for, for multiple inputs, but I don't think he's going to need, you know, any, any of these applications are going to have uh, this kind of power behind them with multi-inputs and whatnot. So if it's just him doing his show, I mean, use GarageBand. It's free, levelator. You could probably edit and do everything in there, and, you know, good enough quality.
0: Very cool. Nine years old, he has his own podcast. <laughs> yeah. He
4: needs a prize, Matron. <laughs> I'll call Jack. Good luck, Jack. Excellent. Thank you for that, Jack.
5: Now, Will, you did a um, – I don't
2: know if you mentioned this on the podcast. You did a video tutorial for people how to record the MP3s to send in.
5: Right. there, There is um, you know a short video tutorial online about – I used uh, a free software called Audacity and – Jack, this is cross platform from the PC to the Mac side. So, um, you can use that if you're not, you know, if you don't want to buy a program or you don't if you're not happy with GarageBand, um, audacity, you can just google that. That's free. So, it's another little tool. Excellent.
0: Who has an email they want to read?
3: I do.
4: You don't sound so excited about it.
3: Well, I was waiting to see if anybody else and I do too. Uh, This one is from Sherry or Cherry, and she actually doesn't say where she's from. So she actually is writing about an experience that she had at the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique. It's actually the Hannah Montana experience. She took her granddaughter there on August 9th, and her appointment was for 2 p.m. Due to the bus from our hotel being late, let's just say we wouldn't make it on time. I called the reservation line, and they were so gracious. They changed her appointment time to 4.30 to allow us more time to get there. Now keep in mind this was a surprise for Rachel. We walked in, and I was expecting this to cost $117 like I had read about. To my delight, there were two packages, the first for $109.95 that included wig, makeup, headset, T-shirt, and a guitar purse. I really didn't like the look of the T-shirt, so we looked at the other package. Now that one included an entire outfit, black capris, gold and white top, gold belt, and a gold jacket. She also got the makeup, headset, and wig. This was 129.95. If you wanted the gold shoes to go with it, it was an extra 29.95. Of course, we got the shoes. Yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> Let her go barefooted for her photos. The total cost was $152. Well worth it in my opinion. And plus she was able to have a photo shoot. I thought she looked great. She also attached a photo of her granddaughter which was really cute. And then the ladies that transformed her were so nice, and the whole experience was delightful. I'd recommend this to any little girl who likes Hannah Montana. I thought it was nice because we've had reviews about the princesses and, well, with Pete taking Bridget and other people calling in about it. But I thought this was nice for the Hannah Montana um, wannabes and lovers.
6: I've seen enough of them when you walk outside down at downtown Disney in their Hannah Montana outfits.
2: Mm-hmm. It is cute to watch. They, they're like in full character, like they're <laughs> you a superstar. The little, you, you got the, the microphone. headset microphone Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <quite>
3: funny.
0: <laughs> I read an article that pretty much said they don't know what they're going to do when Miley Cyrus grows out of this character. Because it's become such a money maker for I think them. Think it's
3: happening soon too. Yeah. They'll have another one right, right
2: behind her.
0: Yeah. They really had lightning in a bottle with this whole thing. And it's
3: well, the little Selena Gomez who plays on the. It's the show where the kids are like witches, or they have like special powers. I cannot think of the name of it, but it's on Disney Channel too. Wizards of Oh, I know. Wizards Waverly of Place. Waverly Place. That's Golden it. Golden Girls. <laughs>
8: <laughs>
3: um, I think that they'll probably start trying to market her as a character. Her for that. Yeah. yeah.
8: Because
0: high school musical's done. They're graduating this year or something. I don't oh, know. Oh,
3: thank God. Next <laughs> <laughs> is going to be college musical. Yeah, <laughs> <of it. laughs> Frat house. <laughs> Unemployment Musical. <laughs>
0: Disney's Community College.
3: So thank you for the review.
0: Very
4: cool. Uh, Kevin. I do. Mine's from Jamie. Jamie is in Harrisburg, PA. And Jamie says, Hi, podcast crew. I'm a new listener to the podcast and I'm still catching up. Catching up on older episodes, so I apologize if this has already been asked before. I've heard that you can open and or go through any door in Walt Disney World that was not marked cast member only. Do you know if this is true? From what I was hearing, it sounded like some of these doors had hidden surprises behind them. I'm not usually the type to go around opening closed doors except in my own house, but I was curious to see if I am missing out on something. Is there something we should look out for when we go back in December? I'm going to be honest with Jamie. I've been going to Disney a long time, and this is the first time I've ever heard of this. I don't... if Yeah, I've never heard of you opening doors and there being surprises behind them.
2: <laughs> like Mickey with his pants down.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man.
4: Um, Disney's usually pretty good about letting you know where you're supposed to go and where you're not supposed to go. If you see a door that's says cast members only. Cast members only. That means it's not open to you. They're usually... I, I can't think of other places where there are doors that... Oh, it's like a, it's well, a janitor's
2: closet or something. Well, yeah, the
0: thing, too, is in certain areas, doors will be facades. Mm-hmm. So if you're on uh, the streets in uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, you don't want to... You, know, you can't open those doors because they're part of the facade. So right.
6: There was something, though, a couple years ago I can remember because we went to try to find where it was in the pizza place in Hollywood Studios that there was uh, another little room you could go into. I never found where that it's room was. It's called
4: the bathroom, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found that room. Had tiny little sinks. <laughs> there are things. <laughs> Bedroom, <okay. laughs> There are surprises in Walt Disney World and without ruining the surprise, if you go and stand under the umbrella on the back lot at Disney Hollywood Studios and pretend you're singing in the rain, it rains around you. Uh, if you stand in front of the Tiki gods in Adventureland, sometimes they spit water. There's a box in the part of Epcot, the safari part, as you're walking around World Showcase. It's basically a Coke stand. And if you open that, water squirts out at you. Other than that, I don't know of any doors that you open and there's surprise rooms behind it or anything. So... I wouldn't make the deal. I would just stick with the doors, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't think I would. That'll be their 2010 promotion, the year of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> the year of no. a million doors. Yeah, I going to say, year of a million doors.
6: <laughs> uh,
0: I'm sure if our listeners know of any other tricks or tips or special hidden places that they'll, you know, share those with us and and correct us where we
4: were wrong.
7: We're never so, wrong.
0: Really. Kevin
3: do not doodle on the emails. I really need that space.
4: Kevin's been doodling on <laughs> his emails.
7: I'm just picking on you.
4: Melissa sent <laughs> us this tiny little, Melissa, the lady who did the, the picture for us, asked us to sign a picture of hers. Melissa, we mailed it back, by the way. And she left me this tiny little Sharpie. It's about two and a half inches long, and I've been doodling. I, I
3: like your rose, though. It's very nice.
4: Thank you. It's a tulip. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, it sucks.
3: <laughs> no, I was going to say that was
6: a good tulip. Hey. Uh,
4: never mind we will give Julie botany lessons during
0: the break. <laughs> <laughs> Our next voicemail comes from Erica.
6: Hey, Diz Unplugged Team. Um, this is Erica, Culminaris 3 on the boards, and I really enjoy <laughs> listening to your show every week. Um, so last year, my visit in December, just missed both of your meets that you had. I'm blanking on whether it was at the swan or the dolphin. Um, I arrived, like, the day after your first one and left the day before your second one. So I'm wondering and hoping whether you're going to do the same kind of event this coming December, either near Mouse Fest or um, some other time, or if the cruise in 2009 is going to kind of take the place of that big biz fan meet. Um, I'd love to know about that. Thanks so much
1: for all that you do.
0: Thanks, Erica. Uh, Erica, we're not going to be doing a special meet this year like we did last year, but we are going to be participating in Mouse Fest this year. So that's kind of going to take the place of um, the same the thing we did last year at the Swan Dolphin. We are going to participate not only in the Mega Mouse Fest extravaganza, I don't know what it's yeah, called. It <laughs> a bunch of words. The together. festival. Festival meet <laughs> extravaganza thing. Where uh, <laughs> It's the large meet and greet for everybody. We're going to have a table there and Uh, We'll be there. Come by and say hi. But we're also going to be doing a um, very cool, very special event during Mouse Fest. We can't give you specifics, but it's going to be really cool, and um, we hope people can join us. We've been asked a lot of questions about it. We can't give specifics as of yet, but I want everybody to know that we're going to have a lot of space for this. So it's not going to be – I don't think anyone's going to be left out. More than than ten? Yeah, more than
2: 10. Yeah, it's like, probably oh, like 50. Shoot.
4: <laughs> <laughs> After our families, that leaves three
2: spots. I was just going to say, we're going to take 50 all by ourselves.
0: So, Eric, if you're going to be here doing Mouse Fest, yeah, that Mega Mouse Beat is going to be Saturday, December 13th, during the day, and uh, we're shooting for our special event that evening. But, um, you know, again, things are up in the air. Things are not really set in stone. So... Uh, we want to make sure that we have our uh, I's dotted and our T's crossed before we release any information on that. So, please. mega
3: mouse meat. It sounds like they're serving up like carved mice. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, it keeps sounding like a Renaissance fair to me. <laughs> like, I should have a special outfit. Very cool.
0: I think uh, our next email comes from. I don't know how to end that. I don't know how to because people are going to be mad to thinking that we're making fun of Mouse Fest, and we're not. I am. It? Are you? No. No. <laughs> no. just our first time doing it. It's this, our first so. time doing it, so we're not really sure. We're a little uneven on our, you know, what the protocol I mean, yeah. is. So. Yeah. I
4: wasn't making fun <laughs> of anybody. If I was, they would know.
0: <laughs> um, all right, let's play another voicemail. This one comes from Frank in
4: Ohio.
1: Hello, guys. and Julie. This is Frank in Ohio. I'm a to dancer on the boards. And I have a question about the podcast crew. Um, my little brother and I are bringing my mom on the cruise for Mother's Day next year, and I've never been on a cruise in my life. And I know there's an early and or a first and a second seating for dinner. I also know you guys have some special events planned. And what I was wondering is if there's going to be a better seating to coincide with your guys' events. And, well, I know you won't schedule anything during a meal, most likely. Uh, you know, keep us from rushing if we're going to do the early meal or, you know, who knows. And then also... Never being on a cruise, just in general, if there's disadvantages and advantages to the two seatings, other than personal preference, if there's something better about doing the first seating as opposed to the second or vice versa. Any information would be appreciated. Thanks for the show. Uh, Love to listen.
0: Well, Frank, um, again, we don't have too many specifics about uh, the podcast cruise and exactly what we're going to do. We've got a lot of cool stuff in the works and ideas we have planned. But I think you're pretty safe to say that nothing's going to be planned during dinner, either the dinner times, and nothing's going to be planned during the show times. We want people to be able to enjoy that part of the cruise on their own. Um, as far as when we're going to eat, I have a feeling we're going to be eating whenever we get a minute. You know, so don't look to sit with us, or you know, try to plan your meals around us. We're going to be all be very, very busy trying
4: to, to popping up whenever you're not expecting it. Hopefully. Kevin's going to hide under tables. <laughs> In my Renaissance outfit. Is this one of those secret door things when open a door and find Kevin? Kevin. <laughs> uh, with a big towel wrapped around my head. Um, if you go to, if you have early seating, you eat first and then go see a show. If you have late seating, you go to the show first and then go eat. Uh he asked about the pros and cons of either. It's really a personal preference. Mm-hmm.
0: We usually prefer to eat late. This past cruise, we ate early. Um, just so happened that that worked out to be the dining rotation we wanted, and things worked out for us. And you
4: know, it's just it's a it's a personal preference. A lot of it has to do with if you have little kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If there are better.
7: kids
4: on the ship, chances are the the earlier seating will have more children in it than the late seating. But if there's no real rhyme or reason to it, it's all about what you want.
2: Yeah, we enjoy second seating, but that may change with the... So what's, like, the time, maybe? Is it, like, an hour
5: before the second seating, or...?
0: First seating, actually, now they've done um, staggered times for each of the seatings. So first seating actually st- starts at 5.30. You can have 5.30, 5.45, 6 o'clock. To then, make it easier, it's 6 and 8. Right, that's what we tell people, 6 and 8. Gotcha. And, you know, again, that coincides with the show. So once you're... the, the first, They give the first dining enough time to... F- finish up, and then maybe go back to stateroom change and then go see the show. And the show starts yeah. 8.30 in the evening.
2: To me, 6 o'clock is just too early. I mean, it's still nice outside. You know, not you're, for me. you know. still at the pool. Mm. At least not you know, these days. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got to get back to your room around, what, 5 o'clock to shower and get dressed. And,
4: yeah. It also yeah. it depends on if you're going to want to. Now, the four-night cruise is not as port-intensive as other cruises, but if you have shore excursion plans for the afternoon, sometimes having early dining it can cut into that
5: right okay yeah, i see
4: it's cool. really it's really about preference
6: yeah but then the later one cuts into the pirate night with the fireworks because i can remember you yeah, know you're right we had to like cut dessert off to run upstairs to yeah. see it and then they have a buffet and it's like oh geez i just finished yeah dinner. you're right so it does cut in yeah don't be looking forward to that buffet being any good
0: we just saw it on a three-night cruise. Oh my god! It was
4: turkey legs and sliced spam or something. Oh,
0: okay.
6: Oh, 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 I don't feel so bad then.
4: <laughs> we had snacks in the Cove Cafe one day, and my father, uh, uh, my father eats very well. He ate on this cruise like. He was never going to eat again. Mm-hmm. And we were at the Cove Cafe one night, and they have this little snack cabinet where you can take goodies with your coffee. And I'm pretty sure it was spam and olives on a stick, on a big toothpick. It was cubed meat, which looked like spam, in between olives. And he he wolfed his way through like thirty of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if being at sea increased his appetite or if the fact that it, he was just taken with the fact that this food was everywhere. He had a really good time with it. That was another thing we had with his folks, was er, trying to convince them that everything, was, the food was free. Yeah.
0: Do you want another soup? Well, I don't want you to pay for another soup. <laughs> <It's free>.
4: <laughs> <laughs> don't we have to wait for the check? No, the check has already been paid. When did you pay the check? Months ago. Get out!
3: <laughs> Spam was a large part of my childhood diet. Mm. But I liked it like fried to like where it was so brown and crispy.
2: Did you eat the jelly in the can? No. I don't think we've ever had a can of spam in our house. No.
4: Not even for hurricanes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
4: John buys hurricane food, but no one will ever eat.
3: <laughs> he buys those little deviled it's like can that hands. and Vienna
2: sausages. We yeah.
4: had a can of creamed cod one day. It was salmon. Yeah, it was creamed cream. salmon. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> That's much less gag-worthy I'm than cream to your
3: house then for a hurricane. <laughs> Vienna sausages, do you buy However,
4: <laughs> we ate the cheese, its in Hershey's guesses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what the original question was. All right, let's move on to... Cruise dining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, cruise dining. Um, let's move on to another voicemail. This one is from Rebecca in Pittsburgh.
8: Hey there, podcast team. This is Rebecca from Pittsburgh. I'm Jean Marie on the boards. And I finally worked up the nerve to call in and ask my question, uh, which is about lodging options in Disney World. I did try to get an answer to this on the boards, but didn't really have much luck, which is prompting my call. I know you guys can help me out with this. Um, My 11-year-old daughter and I only get to Disney World every few years. um, So we're looking for that total immersion experience when we do get there. We want, you know, 100% Disney all the time. Uh, while we're there and on our first trip to Disney World we stayed at a national chain hotel which was on resort property but not a Disney resort and it was nice everything was fine but the next time we went we stayed at a a Disney resort and decided at that point that that was just for us you know eat sleep breathe Disney um what I am asking about a this point is the Swan and Dolphin um, its proximity to Epcot is a huge draw for me I love Epcot my daughter loves Epcot uh, we want to feel like we're in a Disney resort that we don't necessarily want to feel like we're staying in a hotel the prices is, is a good draw as well but my question for you is are the Swan and Dolphin options you'd recommend which would keep that Disney magic flowing during our stay and um, Or is it, you know, pretty much more just just like a national chain hotel? And um, if you would recommend them, what are the differences between the swan and the dolphin? I I guess they're they're not the same thing. (laughs) So if you could let me know what the differences are and uh, which one you would recommend over the other if there is one. Uh, Thanks so much. I, I love the podcast. I'm really, really loving the updates that you've made. They're really terrific and keep up the good work. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks, Rebecca. Um you know, we love the Swan Dolphin. Uh, I think I have to do the little disclaimer that we have a business relationship with them. We do sell the hotel rooms uh for the Swan Dolphin. So, you know, I guess that has to be said so that you can uh, take our comments in the in the light that they're meant. But um you're not as immersed in the Disney experience in terms of there's not characters everywhere and there's not that whole Disney theming. There, there are some, no hidden Mickey's in the Swan and Dolphin, right? The, you know, it's got a completely different feel that way. However, you're still dealing with a level of service that I think is equivalent to Disney cast members. I think the the people at the Swan and Dolphin have a very high level of service. It, they're beautiful resorts. They're very well kept up they're
4: very comfortable places to stay there is a pri- they're in a prime location. they are dropped in the they're in one of the premier locations on all of Disney property. They have a spectacular pool
2: yeah you do um, you have official Disney transportation um, you, you can take advantage of um, extra magic hours also staying there um, which is huge. And the difference between the two hotels the, the dolphin um, you have an option of a king bed or two double beds. Whereas the Swan, you have an option of a king bed and two queen beds, so if th- th- there is a, a slight difference, and I prefer the lobby at the Dolphin, it's it's huge. You know.
4: There's
0: there's slight differences in theming, there's slight differences in color palette, but nothing that's going to be. I could I could say well you might have to choose the swan over the dolphin or the dolphin over the swan. It's so subtle that it's it's not a big difference.
4: I can't say enough good things about the swan, but I'm going back to your email and you're looking for a total Disney immersion. That's probably not going to happen at the swan or the dolphin. You're not going to have characters, you're not going to have Disney character meals. Uh it's not There are there's a Disney yeah, yeah,
2: you do. There's a character meal there.
4: Sorry. But what you're saying is, yeah, it's not
0: the total like themed, right?
2: But for the price that you're going to pay for a, this deluxe resort being on property, I mean, it's it's worth every cent. It's and not
0: like you're stepping out of Disney and going to a hotel six, a motel no. six. I mean, you're really going to continue the whole uh, dis the the Disney experience in terms of service and level of comfort. But you're not going to have the Disney cast members there and the.
2: And it's so convenient. I mean, you have the boardwalk right there. You have the, the boat to boat or walkway to um, Disney Hollywood Studios and Epcot. You enter through the World Showcase at Epcot over there. I love it.
5: Yeah. That's definitely nice.
2: But you, but I see what you mean with fully immersive, you know.
4: Right. And I'm not saying anything bad I'm about
2: not, it. I was I'm just referring live, back breathe, to her email. And pay Disney, yeah. I think that's
0: another point, too, is you can have some different options over there for food and things like that. So,
4: I think we gave a well-rounded response. I mean, there's a lot to think about. I want to know what her answer is. I want
0: to know what yeah. she chose. Yeah, Ooh. now. <laughs>
4: Call her up. Um,
0: thank you, everybody, for your input on that. I have an email I want to read. Mine is from Dara, and she says... You "I know just, how to pronounce that, right? I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, he did. It's Dara. It rhymes with Sarah. Do you think I (laughs) care? I just returned from Walt Disney World last week. Sorry, Darren. (laughs) I just returned from Walt Disney World last week after reading another Dizzers post on the boards, and I was hoping you could answer this question. What the heck does Disney do to prevent swarms of mosquitoes and other annoying bugs from attacking guests? My husband insists on feeding a pair of ducks that visited our patio each day while we were at the Contemporary Resort. I noticed two to to three days later that the tiny crumbs left behind were still there. There wasn't even ants on Disney property. Tell us, what's their secret on bug control? Um, First of all, Disney has a total uh, environmental approach to to bug control. It's not just about insecticides and not just about killing the bugs. They use uh, things that are environmentally friendly. They use renewable um, sources like other bugs
4: that will come in and eat the bad bugs. For the mosquitoes, you know, they have bird's nests on Disney property. I forget what they are, but there's a special kind of bird that eats huge amounts of mosquitoes. They release butterfly. um, They have a butterfly release and a ladybug release. The ladybugs eat other bugs. If you're really interested in what they're doing, take the Behind the Seeds tour at Epcot in the Land. The first 15 or 20 minutes about is about which bugs eat other bugs and the bugs that eat other bigger bugs and the bigger bugs that eat smaller bugs. It's a lot about eating bugs. <laughs> um, it's a little gruesome if you have little kids because they show you pictures of bugs eating bugs. But they they have a whole pest management team who they try very hard to stay away from sprayed insecticides and things like that. They're looking for a natural way to contain pests, and they do it in... What they, the flowers that they plant, and the the places that they give, th- that they set up to harbor birds that will eat the bugs that are going to annoy the daylights out of you.
0: And it's not just, you know, there are insecticides that are used. They try very hard to make sure their guests are comfortable. Um, we do have a mosquito problem here in Florida, but even our community is, is real good about it. They spray, and we have very low bug population in our community. So it's just the way it is. Do you guys have a lot of bugs?
2: Um. Yes. Yeah, we do. I mean, the typical Florida backyard is a screened-in patio, you know, because there are so many bugs and mosquitoes, mm. and especially right now, love bugs
5: are crazy bad. Not
3: right. at our house. I was just gonna no. say, I didn't
0: think they were that bad this year. I've seen hey, one
4: this
5: year. they bad by me. How are they? Will you was live in in a love
3: bug heaven. <laughs> <laughs> do
6: you
4: live in a swamp? <laughs> Something like that.
5: Yeah.
6: On the tram going to Epcot the other day, it was like love bug heaven. It was like people were covered in them. They were like following the tram, if you were had a problem with love bugs, the tram was not the place to be.
4: We should tell people what love bugs are. Love bugs happen twice a year, usually in May and September. And they're these bugs, and the reason they're called love bugs is they're mating at the time we see them, and they swarm. Wearing light colors or driving a light-colored car will attract them. They're pretty harmless. They don't bite. They land on you and they gross you out, but they don't bite. Uh, one of the things that does happen is if you drive through them, they
2: get smushed against your
4: car and then immediately become rubber cement
2: yeah they do
3: the acid from them will eat your paint too right
2: when we were in louisiana i mean it was so bad over there i was like thank god this is a rental car they always <laughs> have
3: really bad because it
2: was covered yeah. i got a white car so if you leave if
4: talking. you leave them on and then go to scrape them off months later the acid will leave pits in your paint
3: <laughs> yes you should rinse them off asap <laughs> yeah really?
0: well we're glad you didn't have too many bug problems but you know it's also it's florida and it's It's going to happen. So if you come here and you experience a lot of bugs, don't get mad and say Disney's not doing their job either. So there's very little you can do about it. Um, Let's play another voicemail. This one's from Randy.
9: Hey, Diz crew. This is Randy Knickerbocker in Charlotte, Michigan. I have a question. I have some Disney credit card um, dollars that are going to expire before I can get to Disney World to use them so I would like to buy uh, some park tickets Um, it may be a while before I get down there but I need to to spend spend the money that I have so I'm wondering if I buy them ahead of time and say I don't use them for six months do I need to buy the non-expiration option on the tickets as long as I don't use them i don't know if i would have to or not I, I figure once i get the tickets in hand i will probably end up down there sooner than uh, i had thought anyways uh if you could help me out i'd appreciate it thanks
0: well randy the good news is is that disney tickets even if you have the no, the don't have the no expiration option don't expire until your first use so you can buy them whenever you want hold on to them and use them on any subsequent trip and keep them for as long as you want I'm a little confused. I'd like to, you know, I wish we had a little more interactive thing here. I'm not sure what you mean by you have Disney dollars to purchase these with or or credits to you purchase these with. Because if you do buy them through the website, you have to have something that's like a Visa or a Mastercard.
3: He has a I think his he Disney means, Visa.
0: He has re- re- reward points. Yeah. Well, but you have to ch- you have to turn those reward points into something with the Disney Visa in order to use them just anywhere.
3: I'm pretty sure, like when you order tickets, that Could, you can choose Disney Visa rewards. Okay. Yeah.
0: I wasn't exactly sure what he meant. I thought he was more talking about having Disney dollars, and I thought, well, you can't use Disney dollars. To he buy says
5: them. Disney dollars on credit. Our credit card. He, I'm he sure he knows what he. Yeah, that's what it sounds
0: like. But yeah, don't worry
4: about the tickets expiring. <laughs> 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 no, those
3: don't expire either. Yeah. So. <laughs>
4: John has Tourette's.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't worry about the tic- tickets expiring. Once you purchase them, it's just after first use. And the nice thing too is, once you buy them and you get to Disney, you can upgrade them to no expiration or. More days or water parks and all that good stuff. Yeah,
2: so. it's smart to buy them in advance too because it's a it's a smart investment because chances are Disney is going to raise their ticket prices again. That they, they, they always do it. So buy them while they're cheap and you know you get yeah, in cheaper. They're sure. not going to drop them. Yeah,
4: right. So that is true. You should have bought them in
2: 1982. Corey, yeah. <laughs> you have an email you want to read? I have one from uh, Liz in Delaware. I have a question that has me a bit concerned for my upcoming trip. We're going to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, and I'm reading about complaints and stopping the wristbands. Are they still using wristbands for these special events, or will we have to spend the entire night taking out our ID to attend the shows and enter attractions? Um, they are still using wristbands for these events. Uh, Mickey's Not So Scary and Mickey's Very Merry. So you're you're all set. You have nothing to worry about. We, we just did Mickey's uh, Not So Scary and... They wristband you up right when you walk in. And if you're already in the park, they have a little location set up throughout where you can go show them your ticket or whatever, and they'll give you a wristband. You
0: also can enter at 4 p.m. That's the extra magic hours that they've done away with the wristbands, right? Right, right. But any of the hard Ticket events, they're going to have the wristbands. That helps them control the crowds and know who's paid and who hasn't and who they can throw out of the park.
4: They wouldn't want to taser somebody if they had a wristband on. (laughs) (laughs) That would make it more interesting. You think though.
3: the Disney tasers, the, the little piece that goes into you, they little Mickey heads with hooks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Zap. <laughs> gotcha. Don't tase me, bro.
0: <laughs> and on that note, I think we should end the show. <laughs> you think? Thank you all for listening. Um, join us next week. Before we go out, I want to make sure we people know that they can send us their emails to podcast at com, or you can call in and leave a voicemail at one 877 Again, if we play your voicemail or read your email, you get uh, a chance to enter our monthly drawing to pick a number. So feel free to send us as many emails and as many voicemails as you like. And that will do it. We hope everyone has a great week. Thank you for listening to The Diz Unplugged.